Uh, my name is Jonathan Jordan. I am from the Macrofield congregation, and I am a third-year student, and it's good to be here with you. I was here on deputation in my first year uh, when you were in the old part of the church, uh, and I enjoyed my time there, and then I've been here for youth fellowship, and it's good to be back tonight for your prayer meeting. I ask you just to pray for the college and remember us in all that we seek to do. But Jonah chapter 2, please. I want to begin reading just at the verse 1 there. Jonah 2, the verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. As you probably know, Jonah has been cast into the sea by the mariners, and he's been swallowed by the great fish. And inside that great fish now he prays. Verse 2, and said... I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They did observe lying vanities, forsake their own mercy, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Amen. We know God will bless the public reading of his own precious word. Let's just bow in a brief moment's prayer, asking for God's help as we come to his word now. Father in heaven, we thank thee, O God, for thy word open before us. We thank thee, Lord, for Jonah's prayer being written under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that thou wouldst give help to preacher and hearer the like. We pray, Lord, thou wouldst bless thy word to our hearts, that, Lord, it would would find a place in our hearts, Lord. It wasn't just be words that would come and go, but, Lord, it would find a resting place. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee, the psalmist said. O Lord, teach us from thy word, we pray. Grant me clarity of mind and plainness of speaking. Speak through me and use me and... Lord, most of all, we pray that Christ alone will be seen and exalted in the Saviour's name. Amen and amen. The Battle of Agincourt was fought on October 25th, 1415. It's one of the most famous battles in British history. This battle was part of a long war that raged between England and France. France was known as the old enemy to the English at that time, and that war was called the Hundred Years' War. That war really hinged on who was the rightful king of the French. The leader of the English army at the Battle of Agincourt, as some of you may be aware, was Henry V, immortalized in Shakespeare's play by the same name. Though the English, they had a smaller army, they gained a strategic and decisive victory, which resulted in Henry V being named heir to the French throne in 1420. Sadly, he didn't live long enough to be crowned king. He died two years later at just the age of 35. However, it is his battle cry at Agincourt, which may or not be entirely historically accurate, but it is so well known. It begins with these words, 
once more into the breach, dear friends, once more, and ends with, cry God for Harry, England, and St. George. This is known as Henry V's great battle cry. As Christians, you and I, we may not be fighting a medieval war with the French, as it were. We may not be going into battle in that sense, but we battle daily and hourly as the moments go by. We war with Satan, with this godless world, and indeed, worst of all, with our very own flesh. We are outnumbered, just like the poor English word, Agincourt. We have no chance of success on our own. Any Christian who believes, I can do it all alone, is wholly mistaken. The reason we fall so often can be traced back to a lack of looking to our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jonah, in this chapter that we read, he's waging war. He's in a hopeless place. In verse 1, we read how he's in the fish's belly. The Lord has got out of the fish's belly. He's in a helpless place. He's unable to do anything for himself. Jonah had rebelled against God's commission to go to preach to Nineveh. You can read that in chapter 1, verse 2, what it says there. Chapter 1, verse 2, it reads, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. The word cry against simply means preach, proclaim against it, preach against our wickedness, preach the gospel to them. Jonah was told to preach the gospel, but he rebelled, and now he's trapped in a fish's belly. He was waging war, I'm sure, with fear, doubt, no probably pain as well, quite the same as we do on a day-to-day basis. He was waging war against Satan, I would say, too, for no doubt once Satan saw that Jonah was on the ropes, he wouldn't let him go. But you know, Jonah had a great battle cry, the same battle cry that is ours today, believer. Look at the first three words of the first verse, what it says there, Jonah 2, verse 1, the first three words it says, then Jonah prayed. In the heat of his battle, what did he do? He cried unto God. And the Christian's great battle cry is prayer. In the midst of the skirmishes and the trading blows with the enemies, we must cry out in prayer if we want to succeed and go forward for the Lord and win ground for him. And therefore, on the basis of that tonight, I want us to look at, just briefly, the Christian's battle cry. The Christian's battle cry. And the first thing we note is this, that we look at Jonah's desperate condition here. Jonah's desperate condition, what it says in verse 1, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. We see his desperate condition described here. He was in a fish's belly. Now, we are all well aware that people talk about Jonah and the whale, and we cannot be sure it was a whale. It may well have been some species of a great fish which is now extinct. But the point is, however, it matters not what type of species of fish it was the prophet of the Lord, who was told to go to Nineveh, is trapped inside this great fish's belly. And the Hebrew literally means belly or its inward parts. Jonah was deep down inside the fish. As it were, he wasn't in his mouth looking through its teeth, seeing the outside. He was deep down into the fish. It must have been terrifying. It must have been horrifying. The smell of whatever that fish had eaten would have been there, Certainly there would have been noise from there where the fish's stomach. It would have been dark, absolute darkness. What a terrifying, awful place to be. He probably heard the fish's great heartbeat as well, bounding away in his ears in the dark. What an awful place to be. We need to remember, Jonah was an ordinary man like us. Can you imagine being in a place with no light, dreadful smells, and terrifying noises? Jonah's mind would have been racing. 
his heart, it would have been pounding out of his chest. Jonah wouldn't have knew what to think and certainly what to do. Aren't we like that at times, believer? We go to this person and that person, we get no relief. Yes, it's good to ask the advice of other Christians, especially those who have been on the road longer. And we thank God for the writings of godly men down through the centuries, writings that involve their experiences of the Christian life and the directions that they followed that's to help us. However, there's no substitute for the Lord. For Jonah, things was bleak. There was no chance he could crawl out of the fish's mouth, for he couldn't see. He didn't know where he had to go. He would have been groping about in the dark. But Jonah waged war, and he raised his battle cry. In that desperate place, and we see it described there, Jonah didn't give up. He prayed. And believer, the application is clear. There are many times in our life, and we feel like just giving up. We feel like Jonah were trapped, and there's absolutely no way out. There's a great mountain before us, and we cannot get over it, under it, round it, through it. What are we to do? We're to do what Jonah did. We're to pray. We're to raise that battle cry and ask God to help us. Jonah's condition is described, and we see also the extent of it, as it were. And I think sometimes we have it in our minds that, you know, Jonah was just sitting there at ease inside the fish. He knew God would rescue him. He knew God, he knew he would survive. God would help him. But I don't believe we can say that. Now, Jonah knew he was saved, but Jonah didn't know if he was going to survive the fish or not. And I think we have to be fairly confident. Jonah thought he was going to die. How did I know? Well, look what verse 2 says there. Uh, it says, and said, talking about Jonah's prayer, and he cried. And it says, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me, out of the belly of hell cried I. You know, that word hell there, when we think of hell, we think of the place of eternal punishment. But in the original Hebrew, it is the word Sheol, and there's been a, a long controversy over it. But in this chapter, that word means grave. And Jonah here, as far as physically speaking, he saw the fish's belly as his grave. There the prophet lay in that belly of the great fish like a corpse does in a grave. He had no hope in this world. There was no man to save him. There was no great rescue mission about to commence. There was no oxygen tanks, food supplies, first aid kits. Jonah was trapped, and to all the world he was lost. He was a dead man. The extent of his desperate condition was all hope was gone. There was no coast guard in those days. There were certainly no divers, and no one would have guessed a fish had swallowed him except the mariners that had seen it. Jonah's case is unique. Read of no other man in Scripture being swallowed by a great fish. Yet note amidst that great battle from, between man and God where, where Jonah had to raise his battle cry. You can imagine he's doubting, he's worried, he's afraid. Instead of giving up, here he is, and he's calling it his grave. And instead of giving up, he cries out. He prays. He raises the battle cry. Really, the battle that was going on in Jonah's mind, if you want to put it this way, was between faith and logic or faith and unbelief. I'm sure to Jonah there was that unbelief within him. I'm never going to get out of here. But there was that little bit of faith. The Lord will get me out of this. And he cried. He raised his battle cry. Believer, tonight, are you in that position? Is there something that's making you feel like you're literally in your grave, that you're trapped and there's no way out? Perhaps it's some sin that's besetting. You just can't get over it. You can't get around it. You can't get peace from it. Perhaps it's some trial in your life. Perhaps it's as Paul talks, a great thorn in the flesh. And no matter what you do, you cannot get away from it. 
you're fighting that battle between faith and unbelief, as it were, between belief and unbelief. What are we to do, believer? We're to raise our battle cry. We're to pray. Even if it's something so simple, Lord, help me through this. Lord, give me the grace I need to get through. Praise God. Our faith does not come from us. Praise God, our faith is divine, and therefore we will persevere to the end. Though oftentimes we think we're never going to persevere, we're never going to make it. Believer, never let the devil tell you that. Though your faith may be as small as the mustard seed as Christ talks, yet you will persevere to the end. But the problem is, and the question to ask is, are we going to persevere standing up? Are we going to persevere just struggling through, as it were? We're to raise our battle cry. We're to look to the Lord, and we're to let the Lord have his way. You think of Abraham and Abraham's great faith that he had. The Lord told him he was going to bear a son in his old age. Now, you can imagine the doctors then would have told him it was impossible. There was certain doctors then. The doctors today would tell you it's impossible, yet Abraham believed God. We see that in Romans 4, verse 18. And though in Abraham's mind, I'm sure there was a battle between faith and unbelief, yet Abraham believed God. Jonah here, though there was a battle going on, he believed that God could help him. Christian, that's what we need to believe too. Though we may wet our couches with tears for a loved one so far from Christ, though we may wet our tears or wet our couches with tears over something in our lives that we're struggling with, we need to pray and raise that great battle cry, no matter how desperate our condition may be. There's also Jonah's definite recognition here. Jonah recognized something here. You know, Jonah was not blowing out about different conclusion that was, was happening. Jonah was not a double-minded man. James 1 verse 8 tells us, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. No, Jonah was definite. Jonah recognized something, and that's what I want you to see now. And Jonah recognized the source of what was happening to him. He recognized it. Here, look at verse 3, what it says. For thou hadst cast me into the sea into the deep, in the midst of the sea. And the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Thou hast cast me. Jonah recognized the source of his affliction. He recognized God was the source. Though, as we can read at the end of chapter 1 there, just the very last verse, verse 17, what it says, uh, or verse 16, sorry, verse even 15, look what it says, chapter 1, verse 15, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. The mariners threw him into the water. Yet Jonah ascribes it to God. And he says there, Thy billows and thy waves. Jonah knew that this trial, this affliction, this chastening was from God himself. Now it is worthy to note here, just as a point of clarity, every trial the believer faces does does not come from God. And I want to explain this. If we are chastened for some unconfessed sin, it's from the Lord. The Lord chastens his children. And the Lord does send trials to draw us closer to him. The Lord does bring some difficult situations in our lives, not to hurt us, but to perfect us. The Lord, however, does not send temptations. The Lord does not tempt any man. James 1 verse 13 tells us that let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither tempteth he any man. God allows us to be tempted, but he doesn't tempt us himself. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, 
There hath no temptation taken you, but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. Suffer or allow. That word suffer can also mean allow or permit. And we must always keep that in mind. This trial of Jonah's was a chastening for sin, but believer, not every uh, chastening, not every affliction that you get, not every trial that you go through is because of sin or because something that's wrong in your life. It can simply be to draw you closer to the Lord. But Jonah's, Jonah's was for his rebellion. Jonah recognized that. That's why he says there in verse 3, for thou hast cast me into the deep. Jonah knew that he was in the wrong place with God. And you and I, believer, we need to recognize that also. We need to look at our own lives and see if there's anything that's not right there. You and I need to recognize, am I being tried by God? Is it because I've done something wrong? Is it because I've sinned that's unconfessed? Have I been unfaithful in some way? Have I rebelled in some way? And if that is not the case, then the Lord has sent the trial to perfect you and to draw you closer to him. The problem with so many Christians today is that they think that many things, it's all of the devil. There's so much nonsense, about nonsense of this today that demons do this and demons do that. Too many of God's people, they almost have the belief that the battle is still going on between Christ and Satan. And believe her, the battle's over. Christ has won and was always going to win. The devil is defeated. Yes, he's dangerous. And yes, he will give us a hard time until we reach that golden shore. But he is a defeated foe. We have victory through Christ. Believer, tonight we are as sure of heaven as if we're already there because Christ has finished the work. C.H. Burgeon says this, If God declares that all is well, 10,000 angels may declare to my ill, but we laugh them all to scorn. Blessed be God for a faith which enables us to believe God when the creatures contradict him. May we have the same resolve. Yes, be wise to the devil's attack, but remember we're on the winning side. But Jonah recognized that the source of his trial was the Lord. And what did Jonah do? He raised his battle cry. Jonah had sinned and Jonah prayed. Believer tonight, are you the same? So that coldness in your heart, maybe that declension, that decline in your spiritual life, as it were, run to the Lord in repentance tonight. Be like Jonah. Recognize the source of what's happening in your life. Cry out just like he did. It says there at the end of verse 3, thy billows and thy waves, they passed over me. Jonah, he felt, what those words really are saying is, he felt like he was drowning in the billows and the waves of this trial. Maybe tonight, believer, you're, you feel you're going to be overcome. Don't give up. Don't cease to pray. That's what the devil wants you to do. Don't do that. Raise that battle cry in the midst of that billows and those temptations and those worries. Say, Lord, help me go through with thee. Jonah raised his in that time. Jonah recognized the source, but he also recognized the severity of it too. Look at verse 4, what it says there. Then I said, Jonah said, I am cast out of thy sight. And those words, really to give you a picture of them is, I feel I'm forsaken. I feel you've cast me away from you. You don't want to look on me anymore. That's really what Jonah was saying. It wasn't in the sense that God didn't see him God sees all. God is all-knowing and all-seeing. But Jonah was referring to that closeness with the Lord. Jonah felt completely separated from his Lord. That tender and close and sweet fellowship that the believer has with God, Jonah didn't feel that then. 
And Jonah recognized the severity of his state, and he cried out, I am cast out of thy sight. There's nothing more terrifying and horrifying for a believer than the thought of being cast out of the sight of our Redeemer. Many good and godly Christians, they've been destroyed by the belief that you can be saved and lost. Too many souls have pleaded for salvation when they're already saved, but they are so afraid and they have so little peace because they fear they have sinned it away. Too many dear children of God have lived in fear and dread of death in case they lost their salvation through some sin and maybe never came back to the Lord correctly. Christian tonight, our trials can feel like Jonah's words. Our trials can feel so dark and terrifying that we cry out, I am cast out of thy sight. Have you ever suffered a period of time, believer, when the heavens were like brass, when prayers, as far as you were concerned, they never left the room? Have you ever felt so far from the Lord that you don't believe he'll even listen to you when you pray? Have you ever experienced the time when you feel the Lord has withdrew his presence and praying is hard and reading the Bible is difficult and you get no blessing out of it? We've all been there, haven't we? We all long at times to have those days back when we were first saved, when Christ was near and we could almost touch him as it were. We long to have that nearness and feel his pierced hand clasp ours by faith. Yet as we mature, sometimes God seems far away. He never leaves his child, yet such a time of testing is to, seek us, is to make us seek him more. The trial that makes him feel so far away is designed to strengthen and deepen our faith. James said, the trying of your faith bringeth patience, helps us to grow. We aren't to remain as the newborn babes. We are to grow and feast, not just on the milk, but on the meat as well. Richard Sibbs, the great Puritan, he says, too many Christians are like spiritual dwarfs. They just never grow. Christian, we are not to be like that. When those times of darkness comes and we feel cast out of his sight and we feel the severity of our trial, we're to pray. That's what Jonah did. We're to raise that battle cry and run to the Lord, run closer to him, look for him, search for him more, not anything else. Because that's what Jonah did. That's what the Bible teaches us to do. And then lastly, briefly as we close, we see Jonah's dedicated resolution. Look at the end of verse 4, what it says there. Uh, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Then the last part here. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Jonah had a dedicated resolution. This was Jonah's resolve here. Jonah meant he would look unto the Lord. He wasn't saying, he talks about holy temple. He's not saying, I'm going to look to Jerusalem. He's not saying, I'm going to look to some temple somewhere nearby. He's saying, I'm going to look to God. Because Jonah sought no comfort in anything or anyone but Christ. His resolution was, no matter how dark, no matter how hopeless, no matter how helpless I will be, I will look unto the Lord. Jonah was saying, though all reason, all men, even my own mind, would say there's no point, yet I will look to the Lord. What strength of faith this man had. Remember we looked in our first point how he was deep, dark in the belly of this fish. No one cared or knew he was there. And yet Jonah says, I will look to thee. Believer, this should be our resolution also. No matter how bleak, how lonely, how sorrowful, how painful our path may be, we must look to Christ and raise that battle cry, praying unto him, Lord, help my unbelief. Look to his cleansing blood. We don't feel salvation. It is spiritual. It is by faith. Yes, we experience peace with God, but it's not built on feelings. It's built on faith and on the blood of Christ. 
believer, as we close, I pray that we would have a resolution like Jonah, trapped in the dark fish's belly, no hope of survival, looking to God and raising that mighty battle cry. That's the answer, friend. Not wallowing in our situation or pitying ourselves. It's raising that standard and praying, Lord, help me go on with thee. Lord, strengthen thy servant. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, draw me closer to Christ. Believer tonight, let us raise our battle cry as we come now to our time of prayer. Let's seek the face of God. And throughout our lives, let us never run away from the Lord. But let us raise our battle cry, praying always, praying ever, just as Jonah has showed us to do. Amen and amen. We're just going to have our time of prayer now. I'll lead off and then just one after the other.